Good morning. Today is August the 16th. This is the year 2023, and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbits. Yes, it is. And I'm not over here. Yes, you are. Talk. Hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it's time to lift our hearts to Jesus. It's time to break some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. All right, good morning, saints. We're going to say, yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, 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 Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm trading my sorrow. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying down.
You don't remember we used to play at the youth rallies? And all the kids jump. Yes, Lord. Hey, it's good to say yes to the Lord. Amen. It is good to say yes to the Lord. Sometimes we have to get our life organized where we can say yes to the Lord more often. I remember Dr. Henry Blackaby. I remember learning from him, and that's been a long time getting inside my head. That we have to work on getting our lives in order where we can say yes to the Lord because the truth is many times we can't say yes to the Lord because our lives are just so full of stuff. But anyway, what a blessing, what a blessing. This morning I had some joy before, I mean, we went live here. I've been having joy, but I had joy before we went live because we were able to, we, we bought Nadim a refrigerator Ooh. and uh uh, I sent the money right before I went to sleep last night, and I knew he would get right on it. And so I sent out a little videos to CWOW, if you're on our messenger group, uh, of the of it coming in. And I just love to see those tears of joy. I went live with them this morning, and they were showing me the refrigerator, and Santa is so happy. All the kids are jumping up and down. and It's awesome to be able to bless and help our brothers and sisters. I just... I want to say thank you to all of the CY family. What a blessing. And God is continuing to bless. We are in the book of Proverbs. We're in chapter 17. Chapter 17, walking through the book of Proverbs. And the last couple of days, today is Wednesday, right? Yep. <laughs> yesterday, yeah, okay. Yesterday and last Friday, I did not get very far. Uh, and yesterday, I, I titled it Grandbabies, you know, about grandbabies, but we never even got to that verse yesterday. That's the, the, the hard thing for me in the Proverbs is I never know when I get to talking about one of these Proverbs what kind of rabbit trail I'm going to go off on or what's going to strike a nerve, you know, as we're speaking about it and we speak more about it. Uh, but before we leave the one we talked about yesterday, uh, let's see, number five, we got to number five yesterday, Proverbs 17, five, he who mocks the poor. I wanted to talk about, like I, I said yesterday, that giving to the poor doesn't save you. It doesn't in the sense of that's not what saves us, but there are senses in which, <laughs> so last night as I'm studying before I go to sleep, totally another subject, I'm just reading over Actually, I'm reading the story. Uh, God has drawn me to the story of Simon Peter and Cornelius. When, when, when the gospel moves, it doesn't move away from. But when it, when it opens up to the Gentiles, to the Romans, and they're baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? But I was reading that story last night, and I thought, man, that goes right with what we were talking about yesterday. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time over here, but. In uh, chapter 10 of the book of Acts, if you want to read that story sometime, here's what it says, that this Cornelius, this man, he was a Gentile, but his prayers and his alms went up to the Lord and God remembered. And matter of fact, God sent an angel in a vision to him. So an angel appears to him. It says, 
Send for Simon Peter, who will tell you words how that you and your whole house can be saved. And so I thought, well, there is a an, is an instant where the almsgiving, and if you read the story, I encourage you to read the whole story, you will see that it says there that your giving, alms is giving to the poor. And his giving went up for a memorial unto heaven, and God looked at this man and his love for people, his giving for people, and he sent an angel and told him, send for Simon Peter, and Simon Peter will tell you words that he's going to preach the gospel to you, or that you and your house can be saved. So there's a sense in which giving to the poor didn't save him, but giving, giving to the poor, God noticed him. And, and I just want to say it's throughout Scripture. God notices. God loves. So do not mock the poor. Do not mock the poor. And then uh, here it says, don't be glad at calamity, right? It should break our heart. We're Christians. It should break our heart. What's, what's happening in, uh, what's that island, Maui? Mm -hmm. have, have, you, have you seen the pictures? Oh, my goodness. There's like a thousand people still missing. Uh, they don't know how many is has, are, is dead. Wildfires just all over the city. So uh, it, they're, they're saying it could be the second largest uh, worst catastrophe ever there. So we'll keep them in our prayers. And calamity doesn't make us happy. Amen. It doesn't make us happy. We don't, we don't, uh, we're not glad about calamity coming to people. We want to pray for people. We want to hurt for people. We hurt for those who hurt. And there's no doubt there's going to be tons of people, you know, and this is an opportunity for the Christians in Hawaii, for the followers of the way in Hawaii to step up and show out for Yeshua, for Jesus, right? It's a good time for them to love on people right there in their community. All right, verse 6. Verse 6, 17, 6. Proverbs 17, 6 says, Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is their father. Oh, what a blessing that is. Children's children. Every Friday night as the sun's going down, we have what we call a Shabbat meal. We uh, have a special meal in my family and my kids and my grandkids. We all gather around the table. Friends come too at different times, but our family, we gather around the table. We say spe special prayers, spe special blessings. It's a wonderful time of family. And I look around the table, and man, am I so blessed with my grandbabies. And I'm looking forward to new grandbabies going to be coming from Josh and Sarah. They're not pregnant. Right. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure, but give me more grandbabies. No, anyway. Uh, don't you just love your grandbabies? Grandparents out there, what about those grandchildren, right? God, goodness. It's just awesome. Children's children. Huh? What, baby? Over 106 is the death toll, I think. 106 is the death toll in Maui. 1,300 still missing. Okay, that was back when we were talking about that. Yeah, just, I was just looking up some stats. Please, please gotcha. Here's what I wanted to say about this. Um, 
family is God's invention. I listened to a study here about what, what verse 6, uh, to me, when I read verse 6, it talks about children's children are the crown of old men. It's, it, it, you know, it is a blessing. Family is a blessing. And there is a psalm uh, over here that I marked. It's Psalm 68, 6 says, God sets the solitary, the solitary in families. And here's the point. Families are so important for society. I listened to some smart people talking. You know, they were, I say smart people, but I mean, you know, scholars, professors, and they're having this discussion at a college campus. They're being asked questions. And this is one of the things they were talking about, the importance that, I mean, science, psychiatry, all of, all of those things, how important families really are to society. It is God who instituted the family. It is God who said, be fruitful and multiply. It's God who did that. And it is God who sets, he sets, says that he sets the solitary in families. So look, that's why God's people are all about adopting people and taking people in, right? Taking in new kids, right? Helping people out. Because that's what we're called to help. And look, solitary is somebody that's alone. They're completely alone. And God sets them in families. That's what the church is supposed to be. The church is a family. God means for there to be community. Every local church should be a family. And the Apostle Paul even speaks of it that way. The elders of that congregation, every local congregation is supposed to have elders, plural. And the elders are supposed to be looked at as the fathers. The older women in the congregation are supposed to be looked at like mothers. This is the Apostle Paul's teaching. And before you marry, the young people, men and women, are supposed to see each other as brothers and sisters. Remember amen. that, ladies, when you're dressing. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And men. And men. And men. Yeah, these days. The days and men. And so anyway. And I'll say this before we get off number six. Don't you think that's why? Don't you think that's why that the enemy is determined to destroy family? To absolutely pervert and destroy the family institute that God created. Nothing else works as good as what God created. And then God creates his family to be a family that takes in the solitary as well. That's the way it's supposed to be. All right. Verse 7. Praise the Lord. Excellent speech is not becoming to a fool, much less lying lips to a prince <laughs> excellent speech is not becoming to a fool i i don't know I, I it's not natural it don't come natural fools can't speak excellently now i i do not take this meaning uh let me say this carefully <laughs> you can have excellent speech but maybe you don't have the greatest vocabulary but you can still have excellent speech does that make sense? Uh, 
but fools, it's just not natural for fools. They, they just can't talk about anything serious. They can't say anything good because their mind and their heart and their life is on folly continually. Amen. But then it says a prince, much less lying lips to a prince. Listen, prince, to whom much is given, much is required. We are supposed to be able to look at our leaders. A prince is a ruler. We're supposed to be able to look at our leaders and know that they're not lying to us. Right? <laughs> that our, what we're supposed to be. I mean, the, the person we, you know, Tennessee, our governor is supposed to be a guy that doesn't lie to the people. Our senators, our leaders, our president should be a person that will not lie. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> it's not becoming. It's not good. It's especially princes should speak the truth. Rulers should always be speaking the truth. Too much is given, much is required. And uh, God's God's got it all under control. He notices. Verse 8. A present is a precious stone in the eyes of its possessor. Wherever he turns, he prospers. A present, a gift given, is a precious stone. A precious stone throughout Scripture would be, what's your say? Well, first, mine says a bribe. What? Mine says a bribe given. A bribe is like a magic stone in the eyes of the one who gives it. Wherever he turns, he prospers. Bribe. A bribe. Oh, yeah. Well, that just totally threw me off. Yeah, sorry, but that's what mine says. And I was like, wait, what? What is your say? It says a present. It says a present or a gift. A bribe present. Well, can a bribe be a good thing? A bribe is a gift. It is a gift, right? Yeah. It's just we know it in a bad connotation. Right. Because it, it, it seems to be, the, the proverb seems to be speaking, because immediately when I read this, I thought about Jeff, uh, Josh's dad, and how that he's a gift giver, mm -hmm. and before he goes, he gives gifts. I mean, good gifts. He gives good gifts, and and when he gives a gift, I mean, it's like it does something. You know what I mean? And you think throughout the scripture, Jonathan's gifts to David. We can look at all these scriptures to where there's good gifts given, and it helps tear down walls and friendships and things like this. So I want to say that the bribe is not in a bad connotation here. <laughs> and when I read it, it sounds like it's a mat, like the one who say taking it because this does say a bribe the way I've read it. Yeah. It sounds like a bribe is a magic stone in the eyes of the one of the who one... gives it. So it's like them. No, in the eyes of the possessor. Nope. Mine in says the, the one who gives it. Owner. Mm -hmm. Like. You own it. He turns. Boy, we just blew this up, didn't we? Like if Very I give, if I like if I give you a bribe, okay. if I give you a bribe, to me, I know. Okay, I have something that's good, and I think it's gonna get me somewhere. It's kind of how this, how yeah. the ESV makes it sound. Wow. And, and the Tree of Life version, also. Well, some of these, I guess, I, I need to look at a few more versions here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't give this one enough thought. Well, tell me what you think. What do you get out of this one? Man. 
<laughs> Let's go to number nine. We'll come back to that one tomorrow. Come on. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. Now, there is covering transgressions in a way that is not good, and I don't think this is what this proverb is talking about, uh, but there is the covering of a transgression that is good. In other words, the Lord tells us that, you know, if there's a problem, if there's a transgression, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone, you know, and then you win him. And that's part of the way that you cover a transgression. You you go to the person and you help. Uh, the Bible is against, okay, Josh over here does something to me and he offends me or there's a transgression or, or something like, and then I go and tell other people instead of going and talking to Josh about it. That's not good, right? Uh, covering a transgression, and, and I, I would say every godly way you can to cover up a transgression is a blessing and an honor, and it is precious, and it is loving. Amen and amen. And wherever he turns, I mean, uh, he who repeats a, repeats a matter separates friends. I can't even tell you. We've talked about this several times as we've been going through the book of Proverbs. I can't even, not even tell you how damaging and how hellish gossip is, especially in the congregation. It's bad everywhere, but especially in the congregation. Right. It is terrible, and it should never be among God's people. And somebody needs to be the one that stops it. Now, there's differences according to your station. There's no doubt. I mean, if you're an elder, you've got to, you know, maybe, you know, or you're a pastor, uh, people bring things to your attention. And I understand that there is times when people have to bring things to your attention. But this gospel, gossip, this uh, uh, going around repeating things and hurting, hurting the character, character assassination, uh, it's just not good. Amen? It's not good. And uh, love, love covers a multitude of sins. Well, just think about how God loves us, right? Think about how much God loves us, that he covers our transgressions, uh, seeks love. So God is one who really tries to cover our transgressions, and he's seeking to love us through that. Is that, is that an amen right there? Mm. So God is seeking to love us. He covers our, not only does he just cover, he takes away our transgressions. But now there's still times, okay, uh, James chapter 5, you know, anyone sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And if they've committed sins, the Lord will raise them up. Confess your sins. Confess your faults one to another and pray for each other that you'll be healed. That's how you seek to cover transgressions. We, 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 we confess to one another. You know, it's good to have a, a people that you can talk to, that you confess your faults with. Well, how bad would that be to have a situation and a close Bible study or a women's meeting or a men's meeting and you're confessing and everybody's praying over you 
and they're like, hey, God can heal this. God can heal this in your life. And then they go out and start spreading everything. That's not love. That's bad. Amen. Okay, so we'll stop there and uh, come back tomorrow on Thursday, Lord willing. Hey, love to hear your thoughts. Love to read your thoughts if I can find them. And I don't know what I'm going to have to do to get to where I can find all of the comments. I can't find all the comments because maybe I'm still streaming to too many different platforms. I don't know exactly what to do. Anyway, love you guys. Thank you for being here. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I love studying the Word together and walking through Scripture. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow, Thursday, for daybreak. Uh, bye. We'll be singing a Hebrew song in the morning, right? Fiddle will be in here in the morning. All right, bye. Oh, wait. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Just let you know, I'm going to look deeper into number eight and I will have some clearer thoughts tomorrow about number eight. I got thrown off my groove today. All right. All right. Love y'all. Bye.